You're listening to the 515 Podcast, led by Pastor John Wayne McMahon with Kingwood United Methodist Church in Kingwood, Texas. Thanks for downloading. Hi there. This is episode 43 of the 515 Podcast. Um, Thank you for taking the time out of your day or your commute or your night. I'm going to cover all the bases (laughs) for when people might be listening to this. (laughs) Or your lunch. (laughs) Or your lunch break. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. That's what we're trying to say. Yes. Um... Because I and, and this is Jason Priestmar with John Wayne. There you go. Hey, hey guys. I wanted you to introduce yourself. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, what I want to do is acknowledge that we're we're looking forward to the one year anniversary of this. Yeah, it's coming up. This little show. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked a few weeks ago because I remember saying this about uh, a cake, and there may or may not be a cake involved. I don't <laughs> I'm know. Glad you brought that up again. I forgot already. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay, um, but we'll eat cake and we'll live stream. I'm thinking about. I'm thinking of live stream is in order. Okay, I think that would be then cool. I better get a cake. Um, so that way somehow we're sharing cake with our listeners. Mm-hmm. We can. We'll cut it into small pieces. <laughs> and if you send an email to podcast at kingwoodumc.org, I don't even know about that. Just watch us eat cake. We'll put together some... on a one year yeah. anniversary. Anyway, look forward to it. If there's demand for this, because think I'm thinking about this, John. If we do it live, mm-hmm. um, people will potentially watch it. Yeah. While we're doing that, so that's the point. They could leave comments, in, oop, interact with us, yeah, yeah. And, and say things. So that to me is a whole new dynamic. That that's right. Uh, we've talked about it many, many months ago, but it's never happened, mm-hmm. and, and I think we may be due for that. So. Um, look you can get for your that. hair done before. I will. I'll definitely make sure it's if I, even if I radio work on TV is a big jump. Yeah, we'll have to get a makeup artist in here as well. Yeah. Um, so today we're continuing the uh, Make Ready uh, Lenten sermon series, mm-hmm. uh, which was um, <laughs> I listened to twice on Sunday, and I'm like, okay, I need to like write some notes down, write some questions. And I did, and I left them in the AV booth at the church. Which so happens every week. It, <laughs> it may or may not happen every week. <laughs> um, but uh, what I'm hoping we can do is once we, we kind of you give me a recap of where we've been so far, um, maybe, and talk about the text that you preached on that um, I'll remember that question or those questions I wrote down. All right, three weeks in, so make ready is a look at the Upper Room Discourse. If you've been with us in Sundays or listening, following along with the other podcast channels, you'll hear the sermons. Um, Jesus has uh, some closing teachings in this moment. These teachings are probably coming from Holy from Holy Week, the days leading up into the Passion of Christ or that final sacrifice mm-hmm. when, when Jesus is killed on a cross and he's uh, resurrected. And um, so leading up to that kind of Easter... Excuse me. So he's like spending time with his disciples. So any of those times would be um, important anyways, but much more intimate and intentional because he knows and he's preparing them for what's about to come, which is going to be really hard for them to, to see and understand. Yeah. So John's gospel kind of groups together what we think are a few different nights, and he kind of puts all those teachings together like it's in one setting. Um, and so we can tell that from some of the context clues that, mm-hmm. are, that are there, but uh, I won't go too far into that. 
But anyways, kind of groups all these teachings together. And so when you get to John chapter 13, you kind of see this all, like if you have a red letter Bible, it's like <laughs> all of a sudden there's all of this teaching from Jesus yeah. and just a little bit of breaks here and there. And so that's what's going on. Uh, so the, we started the series off with the, the foot washing in John chapter 13. Jesus is essentially modeling what it looks like to love other people. And he's going to talk about loving the rest of the way. So mm-hmm. he's going to model that. But he's also, I think, more than modeling, he's he's giving them a way to create love in our hearts for other people. So we talked about two weeks ago what it is to serve people that in serving I've become more loving of mm-hmm. people. And so that's, that's take, what the foot washing. And yeah, stuff. that takes place with the foot washing. Okay. And then last week we looked at um, this uh, kind of comparison of the betrayal of Judas and the betrayal of Peter and, and searching own heart. Uh, Jesus preparing the disciples at that point to by, by asking them to search their heart, know the content of their faith and know how much they're they truly are following after God. That's a Lenten, that's a big Lenten theme. Yeah. Is for us to truly see how much our allegiance has been given to Jesus. Um, and so it was a tough sermon, but but an important one. And then this past week we we looked at John chapter 14. Jesus is comforting his disciples. Uh, something I didn't get into Sunday. Um, but the text is a typical rabbinic, so uh, how a rabbi, rabbinic, like a what? rabbinic okay. teaching, so how a rabbi, rabbi would teach, that's that's what I'm trying to say with the okay. phrase, um, in, in the way that that's laid out. So in John chapter 14, you see uh, three questions, and then Jesus answers the question. And so if you see right at the beginning, Thomas says to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus then teaches. Then Philip says, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough. Then Jesus teaches and answers that question. Okay. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, says, but Lord, you do not intend to show you yourself to us and not to the world. Then Jesus replies and teaches. That's a rabbinic mm-hmm. kind of a back and forth. And so the author is going to... Uh, narrate it that way by by sharing. That's how Jesus is teaching is is on answering some questions. Okay, I I, I assumed you meant like he had some PowerPoint slides and he was kind of <laughs> taking, just kind of reading through them and then filled in any questions along the way. <laughs> no, no, you really cleared it up for me. Though. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the this dialogical kind of uh, writing from the gospel. Like whoever wrote John's yeah. gospel, that's typical, okay. is to kind of craft the structure of Jesus's teachings mm-hmm. by responding to questions. Paul does the same thing in his own writing. Paul like pretends to be another person asking a question and then oh, he responds to cool. it. So he says like in a couple different places, should uh, if if God's grace is free for us, I'm kind of paraphrasing, mm-hmm. then should we go on sinning? He asks a question, then he responds to it. Uh, that's yeah. a kind of a rabbinic okay. kind of flow to it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so there's a little freebie for you. Rabbinic, that's good. So the other things we covered, we looked at, uh, I actually opened a, a, I think a new... Not just new for me. I mean, I didn't stumble upon this myself, but I think I opened a new perspective for many of us this week as we look at this text to try and see this text where Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And he says, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. My my father's house has many rooms. 
Um, he's promising the Holy Spirit later on in the chapter. I tried to open up a new perspective on loneliness and fear of abandonment that's taking place with the disciples because they're they're kind of neurotic and freaked out and like just panicked. And we can read through that like it's just questions, but those questions are almost not even coherent. Like they're not listening to Jesus. They're yeah. just like grabbing questions. It's almost like, you know, the the mid the, the end of the semester finals coming up. And these people are trying to, you know, the, the, the professor's like, okay, you can ask me any question that's going to be on the final, and I'll answer yeah. it right now. And they're like feverishly like, uh, oh, I don't know. What, well, and they're, gra- they're holding on to one detail. So Jesus says, I'm going away from, I'm, I'm leaving. And then he begins to teach about why that's going to be okay. Yeah. And they miss all of that teaching. They'd be like, what, what, they, what are you doing? Wait a minute, you're leaving? <laughs> like, what? that's that's what keeps happening. So they're honing in on this kind of fear yeah. and anxiety, and that's what's happening. So I, I wanted us to consider loneliness in our own experiences, how loneliness can exist in many different places. In the text, we see it come out in fear and anxiety. We see it take place um, in the way that they uh, desire or are comforted by Jesus about mm-hmm. a home. I'm going away to prepare yeah. a home for you, a place for you. Um, I like what, what one of the things we've talked about on this podcast before is the importance of community and not going through your faith alone, but being mm-hmm. with other people. Right. But I don't think that, uh, or I think some people even though they are participating in they're, they're going to church they're going they're in a small maybe not a small group but like a, a, a Sunday school or something they can still feel lonely even though they're surrounded by other people yeah and I, mean, I think that's a really real uh, experience that people have yeah absolutely I think loneliness exists can exist in community yeah loneliness can even exist in your marriage uh, yeah and you can have friends and still be alone I mean I hate to bring this up because it's so sensitive, but like you think of some of these kids that do these horrible things in their schools and stuff like that. They had friends, Mm -hmm. but there's still a deep level of loneliness. I I know there's, there's other psychological issues and things like that, but, but there's people knew them, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, and there, but there's still a level of loneliness that can be overwhelming and overcome us. And so, uh, I wanted to wrestle with that because the disciples are really like they're they've been with Jesus for a long time and like Jesus has been preparing and teaching and doing all of these things and they're missing like everything that Jesus is saying. <laughs> yeah. And so I wanted to wrestle with some of that. I mean, Jesus, it gets so bad that Jesus later in chapter 14 says, listen, I'm not leaving you as orphans. Yeah. <laughs> like and, and that Greek word is I'm not leaving you so that you're unloved. Mm hmm because they feel like maybe they're not even being loved here. And so I wonder how much that exists in in our own setting and um, how we can relate to some of that and and be able to press in a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that you, t- you bring up being lonely in community because I think that that's something that we really need to understand is like, are we are like because I think there's there let me put it this way there's two there's kind of a tension here I think that loneliness can sometimes be a way of kind of copping out yeah right like um, a loneliness can be a way of actually not pressing into community and getting to know people because it's awkward or Mm -hmm. stuff like that Um, loneliness can also uh, but loneliness can be a real thing like you can be left out of things and like 
you can feel not welcome and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So there's a tension there. Um, so I always want to caution and say, we, let's press into things a little bit further. Let's get let's get into community. If you're not in a small group, if you're simply coming to church and sitting in the back and then leaving yeah, again, yeah. I want to say, I get it. I'm glad you're coming. Maybe this is early steps, but soon let's get you plugged into community and mm-hmm. know that anytime you try to join community, it's going to be a little hard and a little difficult and nobody's perfect and small groups aren't perfect and yeah. Sunday schools aren't perfect. Um, but let's get plugged into that a little bit more. The other thing I would say is like, when, when folks are struggling with loneliness, sometimes there's a deeper issue. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes there's a, a fear of being rejected. Uh, there's a lie that we've been telling ourselves and believing um, from some source of evil that we're not good enough mm-hmm. to be in That's community. Yeah. Uh, that we're not, we wouldn't be welcome, that no one can love us. We're unlovable. Yeah. Now that can be deep seated in family abuse or all, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, let's identify the fact that you're believing some lies. And so that Jesus is speaking into all of that. Yeah. Like the disciples are forgetting their identity. They're forgetting who they are. They're forgetting that Jesus has been teaching that they are now essentially brothers of his, mm-hmm. that, that God is their father and that we can pray to him and we can ask for him and he's not going to leave us. And we have all this hope. And, and so they're forgetting all of these things. And so that's, that's the loneliness that Jesus is speaking into. Does that, does that make sense? and give us some structure yeah I definitely think so uh, that um, you know where do you go from here I guess I mean we you know, we talked about how in small groups and all we have a lot of them and you know just reaching out and, and asking um, where I might fit in that's that's also a scary step but yeah it's it doesn't have to be you know we, we can reassure you here that yeah that we well, have options for and it. I think I think Jesus gives the answers the, the second part to that is going to be what's the structure to find those answers. So there the first part, yeah. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And so quickly, I went through those Sunday. But, I mean, the way, meaning when you feel like you can't take another step, mm-hmm. like that loneliness or abandonment, maybe you've lost your spouse or a loved one. Like Jesus is speaking directly into that. He's mm-hmm. saying, I'm not going to give you a roadmap. I wish you would. That would be a lot easier for yeah. us. <laughs> but he's saying that if you'll take another step into me, if you'll press into me, I am your way. I am your way to God. I am your way to a prayer. I'm your way of knowing that you're loved. I'm, I'm your way. And so I want you to step into that. Yeah. He's the truth. And so when we're not believing our true identity, we start to freak out. We start to convince ourselves that we're not loved or not lovable. He is the truth. That is what that Greek word is talking about. That Greek word is referring to a Hebraic understanding of truth, which means what's speaking about relational truth, meaning do you know the truth about who you are in relation to God? And so Jesus being the truth because he tells us the truth of who we are mm-hmm. and that we belong to him, but also that we fall short yeah. and that we're broken and we're in need of that grace. And so uh, when you're feeling lonely and don't know how to sift through that, Jesus is the one that speaks directly into that. And then the life, when you're feeling lonely, abandoned, and you don't know where to go, when you feel like you've been abandoned as an orphan, Jesus is the life that can speak and say dead people not be dead anymore, that he can bring bring life into our situations, that he can uh, bring freedom and unleash us. And so if that's the answer, um, then 
then what's the practical way that we can engage with that? Well, yeah, that's in small group. That's in small group that understands this Mm -hmm. truth, Mm -hmm. that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that we we don't have all the answers, but we know that in community that I can encourage Jason... I can encourage other people uh, to to maybe when when you're down or you're believing a lie or you're focusing too much on some broken circumstances, I can be that person or someone else can be that person in community that says, "Hang on, here's the truth. Here's the truth. Yeah. Here's what I know to be true about our faith and and to speak that over and give people the opportunity to to grow in faith mm-hmm. through community." When you said um, not having all the answers, that reminded me of some of the topics about doubt from the message as well this week, mm-hmm. um, because that that naturally can lead lead towards questioning God, um, and I guess that becomes a question of is it okay to question God? Um, is yeah. is it healthy? You know, is that yeah? Is that or is that does that show? Oh, you know, do I think some people have a uh, a fear of questioning God as because that makes them think maybe they're not strong believers. Yeah, it's um, a lack of faith. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, but also, you know, can questioning God be healthy? And where do you draw the line? Where is it appropriate? Where is it? Well, not? I think I think last last week. Let me refer to last week a little bit because faith. I was trying to connect the Greek word pistis. Mm-hmm. That is usually translated to faith. I was trying to to agree with another scholar and a, uh, another scholar, like I'm a scholar, <laughs> with with this scholar um, that tries to say that instead of uh, translating to faith in all the places that we do, maybe it needs to be translated to allegiance. Okay, so I think that's critical, right? Yeah. So so here's what I mean, because faith is not some kind of blind trust in something that we have no idea in. Okay. Faith is not that. We think that. Right, exactly. We, as a matter of fact, we hear uh, VBS stories of Abraham leaving everything that he has and mm-hmm. knows and just, just walking out into no man's land uh, and starting over because God tells him to. And we see that as blind faith. It's not blind faith. Abraham has a pre-existing relationship with God where God speaks to him and he knows God so that when God tells him to do something, even if he doesn't know what's out there, he knows enough about who he is and who God is mm-hmm. to know that he can take a step where God tells him to. Yeah. Um, and so that's really key. Like we often think faith is just taking this blind leap. And I just, I, I don't, I think that that's kind of faulty. So, so then uh, there's a lot of things that faith is not. That's one of them. But let me, let's shift to allegiance. If it's allegiance, then even when I have doubts and even when I'm struggling with something, I can still be allegiant to God. I can still say, even as I try to maneuver this thing that I'm confused about or walk into something that's difficult, I'm still going to put you first. I'm still going to pledge allegiance to you. I'm still going to decide to lead my family and lead my finances and and structure my life so that I am putting Jesus first as I wrestle with these questions or doubts that I have. If you look through the book of Psalms, 
that is what you find. You find um, King David crying out and questioning, God, where are you? Mm -hmm. Like, how long are you going to leave me to my enemies and the things that are happening? Like crying out. And so that takes place all over the place. So I don't ever want to get to a spot where I'm saying you you need to suppress your doubts Mm -hmm. because that means you're not a good Christian. You're like, I have, I have crazy doubts sometimes. And sometimes it's, those are, those are worse than than yeah. other times, but I don't want you to think that all of a sudden that means you stink and uh, God doesn't love you because you're questioning Him. Now, I think there is a level in which doubts can be an obstruction to faith. Okay. Okay. I think when so so I wouldn't want to say that there are good. I don't know if I want to say that there are good doubts and bad doubts. Yeah. I wonder if there's a good way and a bad way to respond to doubts. Like when when doubts okay. drive us into a deeper knowledge and understanding and a wrestling of the depths of who God is, because God is way big, I mm-hmm. mean vast, and, and we're going to learn about God on this journey for a long time. If those doubts are helping us to wrestle and go deeper, uh, then I think that's a good thing. If those doubts instead drive us away from God and we run the other direction, then they become a problem. Or if they become excuses or cop-outs. That's good. Like like when someone comes to me and says, I know know good uh, people of other religions, Mm -hmm. and and, and I believe that... The Bible says that uh, unless you believe in Jesus, everyone's going to go to hell. And so that's a doubt that I have. And therefore, I just can't. I just don't think I can I can be a Christian anymore. Yeah. Like that's a doubt that, first of all, is based on some really bad arguments and is not completely biblical sound. (laughs) But a lot but a lot of people fall there. But here's here's my point. It drives you away from God instead of driving you into uh, the answers and trying to dig down a little bit deeper and to wrestle with that. I think that's that's key. I think you're right because sometimes or a lot of times people um, if their doubts make them question Themselves, I'm, I'm trying. I, I actually thought of this question a little better earlier when you were talking. Let me try and get it back to me. Okay. But it's important that, like you said, you take your doubts and you use that as a springboard to to learn more to 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 you know meditate on that, read it, and look inward. Mm-hmm. Versus just saying, you know what? Because I've got that doubt, I'm just I'm not going to bother. Yeah. I'm not going to look any deeper. Or I'm not going to. Or when when does your doubt? I think you're right. When is but when does your doubt drive you to loneliness yeah. too? In isolation, fear, anxiety, and you become overcome with it. Uh, that's when you're starting to get to a place where, um, and that's going to happen. And so, of course, it's important to be in community and be able to mm-hmm. to, to lay that out with other people. Um, yeah. Because I don't want to make light of this. I think that I, as a pastor, have have already experienced seasons of loneliness mm-hmm. and just feeling isolated and not being able to talk to people about stuff. Yeah. And so like, I think it happens. Like, I think it really does happen. And I, I just think it's important to, to be aware with aware of it, but also to know that, um, that, that Jesus is the one that, that speaks right into the middle of loneliness and, and reminds us of who we are and, and what, what he's accomplished in, in Jesus. And so, yeah, I think it's possible to, to have doubts and questions and, be aware that you know what 
I have doubts about this. Mm-hmm. And um, then going further into that doubt or, or isolation and not realizing, you're not, not having the self-awareness that, that you're having doubts, but yeah. now you've kind of maybe lost hope and, and are entering into the, the despair space. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like another example just came to me. I have serious doubts on how to, how to work out the Trinity. Yeah. You know, it's really, it's really hard for me to, and this is, this sounds like I'm not supposed to tell anybody this, but <laughs> it's really hard for me to like get my head around Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three, yeah. three persons, one, one God. Especially when Jesus talks about the Father yeah. and God, and and we we know that He is God, but then sometimes He doesn't refer to Himself as God. He He talks about the Father. So that I think that's probably adding to your kind of wait. Hold on a second. There, you're clouding the issue here for me. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, like everybody, like people have taken big stabs at this, and there's actually like there's some boundaries when like. I, what I know is that when I think about the Trinity, there's some boundaries where I know outside those boundaries are really n- not orthodox yeah. belief. Sure, okay. And so if I stay in there, it's kind of cool to like... So my point is, <laughs> is, is, is as I wrestle with this, I've actually learned more about God revealing himself in Jesus and more about how the Holy Spirit's working in my life. Uh, than I ever would have if I just would have said, "Well, I just need to, I just need to believe in the Trinity I mean, and just move on." Yeah, you, does that make sense? No, I and like as that. I explored and I mm-hmm. study and like, I just, I sometimes I'm more confused than when I first started, but there's like a grace there that makes it so yeah. much fun and so beautiful. And and here's the thing, like it, I picked that as the big example because language just is going to kind of fall short mm-hmm. of understanding. The Trinitarian God, sure. yeah. and so I just I believe that. I mean, people have taken some poetic swings at it, like yeah. C.S. Lewis talking about the divine dance and mm-hmm. some different things. But and it, you know, but it's I like that. Hard. It goes back to don't let that doubt keep you from searching or challenging or digging deeper. Yeah, I think that's uh, the best kind of analogy and come up with that and i'm not doubting that it's not true no it's yeah it's it's more of a okay so i need to understand this better so i need to keep yeah because i believe in jesus and i believe in the revelation of god in jesus through scripture and i believe what scripture tells me is some kind of trinitarian Uh understanding of who god is and i believe the history of the church has pointed to that Mm -hmm. and i believe all that Mm -hmm. But still hard for me to get my head around. So as I explore that and think about it and pray about it, it's helped me get. Same thing with salvation. As I consider what it means to be saved and to be a part of the family, as I wrestle with that mm-hmm. and consider it and think about it, I've learned and grown more. Same thing with baptism or communion. What happens at communion? Yeah, like that's a that's a beautiful mystery that I have my doubts on. That that people over the history of the church have fallen in different places. Mm-hmm. On. Uh, but as I explore it and look into it, it's been something that's that's beautiful and wonderful. Um, you know, how God feels about some of my screw-ups. I've had doubts about that. Mm-hmm. But as I press into Scripture and I press into who I am and I learn more about myself, but I also learn more about God's grace that's not dependent upon action to action to action, 
um, then then I'm it just, I'm just ex- that's just expanded for me, and I just fall more in love with with God's grace, and so. I don't know. So does that does that help us a little bit? There's no formula or direct answer when it comes to doubts and loneliness and all of this stuff. No, and if you had the answer, then what would we do? It's like, okay, we, we know that. Now we're yeah, done. Here you go. Take this <laughs> pill. You'll be fine. Um, so anything else that, that you feel like we need to cover here? So the, the kind of close that I have for us and the close that we, we had on Sunday was here's where we know our doubts are too much okay. is when we start to miss God. Yes. Right in front of us. Exactly. Jesus is essentially telling the disciples in John 14, like when when uh, Philip says, Lord, just show us the Father. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is like, really, Philip? Like, have you missed everything else that I've said? Like, I and the Father are one, and he has sent me. I don't do anything upon my authority. I only do what he tells me to do. And if you know me, if you see me, then you have seen the Father. Yeah. And you, you need to understand that. So the, the point being, like, don't allow our doubts and our fears and our anxieties become so much that we miss Jesus right in front of us. In the conversations, in the community, yeah. in our marriages, in our kids, in our jobs— in uh, the song on the radio, in mm-hmm. the opportunities that we have in this life, in the opportunities to give and serve, to wash people's feet, in all of that stuff. Don't miss that because we are so perturbed uh, with our doubts or we think that we're, we have to be right about something uh, in those questions and doubts and we just miss what God's doing all around us. Yeah. That's good. That's a good ending. Good. So, uh, give us a sneak preview on next week. Uh, so next week's sermon is the it's got the the passage where the vine is named after. So mm. <laughs> how's that? You're the branches, and I'm the what? Yeah. What you call it? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So it, here's the here's the thing. So the, the vine. Who's the vine in John 15? The vine. It's Jesus, right? Yeah. And so our worship service could be called Jesus Worship instead of Vine Worship. Well, that's a mind we can just mind call it. Yeah, Jesus kinda. Worship. What? Where are you going? We're rebranding to, to the Jesus, Jesus worship. worship. Where are you worshiping today? Jesus service. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we can also. Uh, that was them. a terrible tease because it really didn't talk anything. It really, about the text, uh, yeah, but it I know. Fun. I just assume you're not answering me, so I'm just going to move on. But uh, yeah, no, but I like how. Yeah. Also, that's. The five. I'm gonna say that the five fifteen service and podcast was also named after, inspired after that same scripture, even though the numbers are out of order, right? Yeah, yeah. It's fifteen five. Well, fifty one five. No, no, no. On the first, well, <laughs> what is it? Click. On the first Sunday of the five fifteen service, I actually talked about those. You did those verses reversed. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, talking about how this I is was important. There. Yeah, you just, just don't remember just that. It wasn't very inspiring. Just because I don't remember, I don't remember what happened earlier today. It wasn't very inspiring. It was, was it? inspiring. Uh, I just couple, don't have enough podcast to remember. Couple it. things worth mentioning. Yes, Timmy's fun run was last Sunday. That was awesome. It was awesome. A fundraiser for Foster and Adoptive Care Ministries. I know we're trying to get out of here uh, in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah, but. I saw God so many times this past weekend. Oh, nice, dude. Uh, so this is the bonus sesh. This is, yeah, the after show. Okay, so if you're still <laughs> around, you're getting, I would love to hear about that. Um, besides Timmy's phone run, which was awesome. Yeah. Because the whole story, and maybe you can kind of talk about how it came to be. Yeah. Um, 
and then I'll go to my other the other example of where I saw God. Mm-hmm. So tell us how Timmy's Fun Run came to exist. So my understanding, I'm I'm not the expert here. Of course, I know Timmy and Tammy. Yes. But many of you have seen probably the video testimony of Tammy and Timmy. We shared um, a little over a year ago now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Timmy was adopted by Tammy. In the video, he says, uh, we asked we asked Timmy, what, what's it mean to be adopted? And he says, it means that instead of being born in my mommy's tummy, I was born in her heart. Like the best line ever. <laughs> like, that is awesome. Anyways, he had a dream of like having an event where you, he could he could help uh, adoption be possible mm-hmm. for other children. And Timmy's a young boy. I mean, this where does is, he get this? I don't know, but he has That's, big dreams. And there's it's God right there. Okay. And so That's so one. he shared this idea, and he had even the visions of bounce houses and people mm-hmm. running and hot dogs. Something about a red balloon. Yeah, red balloon. And and so, anyways, people wearing shirts with little stick figure version of Timmy <laughs> on their shirts, and Timmy led uh, the run. I think there were close to 200 people that were involved in in the in the fun run. Was amazing. Uh, it was only a mile long, so that all the families could kind of do yeah. it together. <laughs> Little Luke Wesley did his first fun run. How did he do? Uh, you know, he, he looked out of breath towards the end. I don't know. He's he's he pretty, might have been. He's pretty good in that moment. stroller. That's a <laughs> great he? stroller. Good. Uh, that was actually John Wayne's first fun run too. <laughs> So, anyways, but it was good. There's a little backstory. So, So, yeah, God was all over the place. So that that for sure. Um, So the the service this weekend was just amazing, chock full of God. Yeah, it was good. And I saw probably the first time like everybody standing up singing along with with some of the songs. Yeah, and not. I was like, what? I mean, a lot of times we. I I, I joke. I'm like, I wish we had a microphone so I could actually hear the crowd. Yeah. (laughs) And um, because I know the the band themselves, they like that feedback. Right. They have things in their ears and they can't hear anything. Yeah. Except what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, I think they could actually probably hear the singing of the of the audience uh, over that. So that was really impressive. But um, Saturday we went to we were tooling around Houston. And we went to this dessert, uh, red dessert bar. I'll give them a shout out. I don't know why. Um, I might have even said their name wrong. We were sitting at this bar having our desserts and coffee and stuff like that. And off to my right, I wasn't, they're out of my kind of field of view. I heard these kids talking and laughing and stuff. And some parents like, oh, this is fun. We should do this again. And they're like, yeah, you know, it was good to meet you and da, da, da. And these kids, the the boy, there were two boys and they were probably, I'm not good with age. um, I want to say like five or six. Mm -hmm. Maybe 20. I don't remember. But they were very small. <laughs> Five or six or 20. <laughs> or 20. Yeah. They were like, and one of the kids said, it was good to meet you. And the other one said, it's good to meet you too. And and we kind of were like, oh, that's cute, you know. But I still wasn't looking at them because that was weird. <laughs> but when they left. Don't be a creep. They, exactly. Yeah. They left and we're sitting at this bar at the window looking out to the street in the mm-hmm. parking lot. And the kids, the parents are talking like, yeah, this would be great. We should go to a park and meet up sometime. They're like, yeah, yeah. And the boys were like waving and high-fiving each other. And this one kid turned around and he was a uh, he had Down syndrome. Mm. And he was just smiling so big. I mean, God was full in his face. Yeah. And they waved and gave a hug and stuff. And he was holding this big bird little doll and he dropped it and picked it up. And it was just really cute and funny. And he was like, at one point when they were finally splitting up and going their separate ways, he was just spinning around and dancing, and then the mom was trying to get the door open so he would jump in. Yeah. And he turned it, looked at us, and we were just kind of like smiling and laughing at the experience. Yeah. And he looked at us, and, and we waved, and he waved back like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like so inspiring. That's cool. And then at that point, like the mom looked up and saw us. Yeah. And she's like, 
oh my and we could read her lips she's like oh my gosh they're laughing (laughs) we shared a moment there yeah that total strangers but just the seeing these little kids like nice to meet you too you know it was just like yeah that carried us through the rest of that day as well so i mean it was one thing after another i love that it was great you know people people would say that sentimentality is great and all yeah but what but what if the joy that comes from moments like that truly is god yeah that's what we're created for so and to experience each other yeah and being on the lookout for it and not being in a position where you're because y'all could have been so deep in conversation or something else that you would have missed Mm -hmm. you would have missed that you Mm -hmm. you could have been staring at your phones Mm mm-hmm and you would miss that opportunity. And yeah, uh, we'll say worship was tight. So listen, what's really cool about worship uh, when it's like that is, and I believe this, and we've talked about it in different sermon series, is that we worship, uh, when we worship that way, we're witnessing to our faith and we're encouraging one another in love. Yeah. Because we're helping others. We are. I am built up by hearing your voices joined together. And I believe that that is acceptable and pleasing to God mm-hmm. and something that... Um, God just is is rejoicing over, and so that's that was a fun thing. Awesome. Let's yeah. let's ride that high and keep keep it going. All right, folks. Well, there's your bonus sesh. Oh, one last thing I'll throw in. I saw oh. God in uh, just having a day and a half of Daddy Solo Day. Oh, sweet. Friday and Saturday, yeah. I survived. <laughs> uh, little Luke was was all over Kingwood in his Batman outfit with a cape on. I saw that outfit, and I was yeah. that was pretty sweet. Yeah, it was awesome. I was a little jealous. More yeah. Than a little jealous. Yeah. So mommy said, do you think you can dress him? I'm like, yeah, I'll be fine. <laughs> and so I opened the drawer and there's this Batman thing. I, I, I got, I'm sure I've seen it. Uh-huh. Like she showed me all the clothes that were given oh, to us, you yeah. know, yeah. but I don't, I don't distinctly remember it. No. And so I saw this sitting here. I'm like, yes. Yes. And then I turn it over. It's got a freaking cape on it. Yes. I'm like, yep, done. So <laughs> it was great. And so we all survived, and it was fantastic. All right, we, we better go. Yep, Friends, go. have a wonderful day or lunch or breakfast or whatever. Whenever you're listening to this, great morning, night. We love you guys. Tune in we'll next talk time. to you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye.